You are now listening to the London International Christian Church Podcast. Limited edition, 
uh, Dylan wants to be there, and I understand Brandy also. <laughs> and get them. Uh, not for himself, but to resell them. And so yesterday, actually, uh, there were three, at least three stores in London, maybe more, that were all going to sell limited edition items. Some of these stores I never heard about in my life. Like one of them is called the Billionaire Boys Club. I didn't hear about that store until Friday afternoon from my son Billy. Adidas, I know about. Then there's another store called Sneakers and Stuff. Never heard about it in my life. Now, so Friday, Dennis said, Dad, we have to go right now. Sneakers and stuff, they just announced you have to go. You have to get a number so you can then the following day buy it. So Dennis went there ahead of me. I followed him. I, said, I looked at the clock and said, okay, I probably can make it. Go there, get the number from there, go to Church Devotional, right? Yeah. That we have Friday night. Well, as I arrived at Old Street, where the church, wait, not the church, where the, uh, the it's definitely not a church. <laughs> where the store is located, then it texted me, they canceled it because it was fighting. Oh. So finally got the number. So then Dylan said, but well, we have to camp out at Billionaire Boys Club from 10 o'clock at night until they open 10 o'clock the following day. <laughs> and we always have to camp out at Adidas. But then Dylan went to the store and he showed me a picture that they had on Billionaire Boys Club and it said something like, overnight or camping out is not allowed. This is a residential area. You will not be able to queue up until 6.30 in the morning. Wow. Anyone caught queuing or, or hanging around will be kicked out and will not be allowed to buy anything. Ooh. Now, did they enforce that? Absolutely not. <laughs> when they did it not, there was some grace to me because, you know, Dylan said, you know, well, in that case, there's no need for us to, to overnight there. Because, I, I, you know, the reason I went with Dylan is because I'm not going to let Dylan, who's 16 years old, to spend the whole night alone on the streets of London. Even though, you know, I'm just being open here, even though when I told him that was not allowed, he said, you think I'm a weak little boy, don't you? Well, it's not about being a weak little boy, and it has some, something totally different. But it was, so we got to, we got to uh, central London, we got to Adidas a few minutes before 5 o'clock in the morning, but I woke up at, I didn't even wake up, I wasn't able to sleep, so I, 3 o'clock, I stopped trying to fall asleep, and I went, and I had my time with God, and then later, Dylan and I, we left for central London, and we got there about a few minutes to 5 o'clock in the morning, and there were already like 20, 30, 40 people waiting there wow. at Adidas. Then I said, okay, then you stay here, keep the, keep the place, and we have two chairs so we can sit on. I'm gonna to go, to, to go to Billionaire Boys Club. 
not because I'm a boy and not because I'm a billionaire, but to check that out. And there already, it was way before 6 in the morning, but there were already a lot of people waiting there. And it was cold and it was raining. But it didn't stop anyone. And so at Adidas, everyone was waiting in line patiently. And all of a sudden, I don't know what happened, all of a sudden, everyone rushed forward. So I don't know what happened, but everyone rushed forward. What did not I do? We rushed forward with it. <laughs> I'm not going to spend the whole night not sleeping and not go after these sneakers with at least part of my heart. <laughs> and this was like before 6 in the morning. And people, and more people kept coming and more people kept coming. And, and then you had the people there that were there, as they said, to do crowd control. And so Dylan and I, we were like in line like civilized people and you know, people were just bunching up at the door. And then the guy, crowd control people said, okay, everyone make a line, make a line, move back, everyone move back to steps, but who moved back? No one. <laughs> no one wanted to move back because moving back, we all know man that those people that jumped the queue in front would be the first in line. Oh. And people only started moving back after many warnings of, if you do not make a queue, we are going to cancel the drop. Ooh. And then people started getting convicted and guilty and motivated and actually, you know, <laughs> people started taking as small as steps as possible to move back. And people, and you know, I was right next to the window, people were pushing and everything. I'm not, I'm not the shortest and the weakest guy. Um, people were pushing, man, and, and I was, I, I really had to be careful that I wouldn't, I was afraid that if I didn't hold my ground, I'd be pushed through the window and really, you know, my body would be cut in half. That's just because people are trying to push in from the side instead of going behind the queue. And then all of a sudden, after three or four hours there, after nine o'clock sometime, the guy said, go to the other side. That's where the entrance is. Oh. Oh, I was like, oh my goodness. I always fell away from Adidas. Obviously, I will never buy Adidas ever again in my life. <laughs> then I got kicked off and he said, what did they say, tell me? I said, they go to the other side. They go. <laughs> and I just walked to the other side. <laughs> Only to find out that there was already a list of people that had pre-ordered the shoes that were going to get the shoes. <laughs> and there were 200 and some people that were on the other side. That had their hope and faith and life's ambition <laughs> And all were about to be crushed and faint and be, know what it means to be completely hopeless. Then the guy said, yes, this is what we're going to do, people. We're going to have a raffle. Everyone is going to get a number, and we're going to raffle who's going to get the sneakers. So I got a number, Dylan got a number, he said, come back at 11. Oh, my goodness. So meanwhile, while we had that break, we said, well, let's, you know, since we're, let's go to Billionaire Boys Club. 
See, see if by any chance we can get something there. Nothing whatsoever. You know, Dylan was standing in line. I was just somewhere. You know, I'm, I'm a disciple. I'm, I knew I had to preach the next day. So yeah. I took my chair. I sat down, you know, and I actually started reading my Bible. You know, I'm trying to do the spiritual thing here. You know what I mean? <laughs> and then uh, the announcement was made. We are sold out. Oh. Now, that's good when you're talking about being a disciple. <laughs> but it's not good when you're desperately waiting in line and they say sold out. That's not a good thing. So then we went back to Adidas, Adidas and we were there from quarter to 11 and 11 o'clock, 11.15, 11.30, quarter to 11, 12, nothing. No raffle. I said, Dylan, Here's my ticket. I'm going home. I fell away. <laughs> I had fallen away. I had given up hope. I said, I'm going home. Then I got the ticket, and about an hour after I left, you know, remember there were 200 and some people hoping to be the lucky winner, and some guys, they cheated, man. They went to all different people. Some guys had like five, six numbers in their hands. And then I said, they only selected 30 winners out of the 200 and some. But you know, as I was standing there and just looking at, at how desperate, yeah. how desperate mm -hmm. some of these people, or, or rather a lot of these people were to get a, let's face it, a dumb shoe. Yeah. <laughs> that <laughs> Adidas or a store with a city in like billionaire boys club says is worth a lot because of whatever. People are sold out and desperate. And I was like, man, this here, I was thinking to myself, maybe how it will be on the day of the banquet when many people and everyone wants to be there. Isaiah 55 verse 11, now the, the, the billionaire boys club people, they made a statement, they never followed up on it. However, God is different. Amen. Amen. In verse 10, as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish, so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater, so is my word that goes out from my mouth, it will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I send it. So we have to understand that God's purpose always comes through. God's word always comes through. And there are so many examples of this all throughout the Bible. God speaks about judgment day. Death will come through. Let's go to Matthew chapter 8. You see, one day we're going to have to give a count. So that's why today's sermon is entitled, That Day. That Day. So I'm asking you this morning, are you ready for that day? 
That is the most important day that's going to determine, determine where you're going to spend the rest of eternity. And that destiny depends on the choices and decisions that we make now. So Matthew chapter 8, let me get to myself. Let's read here, verse 10. You with me? Yeah. So what happens before verse 10, you've heard about the centurion, right? He comes to Jesus and he says, you know, he's like, you know, please, my servant lies ill at home. He's, you know, I need him to be healed. And long story short, Jesus is amazed at his faith. And he says, men, in all of Israel, where God's people are, I've never found anyone with a faith as great as this Roman officer in the army. <laughs> and as a result of that, in that context, Jesus now goes on. In verse 10. Well, actually verse 11. I say to you that many will come from the east and the west and will take their places at the feast with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But the subjects of the kingdom will be thrown outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Who has read this before? Yeah. We all have. <clears throat> if you've been a disciple for just a couple of weeks, you've read it. If you have been a disciple, if you're not a disciple, but you grew up in a religious household, you've read it, you know. But let's break it down here and see how it applies to us. You ready for that? Yeah. It says that many will come from the east and the west. Meaning, people have been made disciples all over the world. World evangelism. Not just one city, not just a community church, not just a little church on the prairie, but the kingdom of God that's evangelizing the world and making disciples in the east, in the west, in the north, and in the south. And many people from all cultures, languages, I mean people with a true British accent like Steve Frazier. And then the man from Uganda, Michael Ochoa. The man from Spain, Manuel. Manu. All will come to this feast and will desperately want to take part in this feast. The man with the Dutch accent, who used to be called the Terminator before he became a disciple. He will want to be at the feast. With his Dominican wife. Mm -hmm. We'll want to be 
me at the feast. <laughs> we had Jay Feline mm. from Curacao. Mm. And her friend boy, Jermaine, <laughs> will want to be at the feast. Bradley and Tracy and Baby Panda will want to be at the feast. All of us want to be at the feast. But it says that the subjects of the kingdom are in some translations the children of the kingdom will be thrown on sight. See, Jesus was speaking here to those people that were supposed to be his. The people through whom God's word had been revealed. The descendants of Abraham. But it says here, they will be thrown out. Why? Because they had rebelled against God and his words. And instead opted to go for their own traditions. And what their own hearts were telling them. But here's the thing that we need to understand. This applies to every single person who has been called by God. Yeah. And you know what? Here's the good news or the bad news, depending on how you look at it. If you are sitting here today, it's because you have been or you are being called by God. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So this applies to all of us. Yeah. <clears throat> so we can be in the kingdom of God as the Jews were physically, but yet when the day of reckoning comes, we can be thrown out. And it says that a few things are going to be happening. One, it says gnashing of teeth. Now, why do we gnash our teeth? Well, we can all agree that we don't do it out of joy and happiness, right? <laughs> That's not how we express joy and happiness. Well, one is, oh, thank you, Chris. I wish this would give you guaranteed access to the feast. But, <laughs> but it may help you, though. Thank you, bro. But one, people gnash their teeth out of anger and, and bitterness. Yeah. Anger and bitterness. Why? Because even face to face with God, they don't agree with the decision that they are not part of the feast. Mm. Wow. See, we can be deceived sometimes, and we can believe that, you know, we are one way with our discipler. Mm. We are one way with our brother and our sister. But with God, you know, we're like this. Mm. With God, we're okay. I have a hard time getting along with my discipler and, and, and just surrendering my heart. But with God, it won't be a problem. Mm -hmm. But that is deception yeah. from Satan. Mm -hmm. See, how we interact with our disciples, with our brothers and sisters, how humble we are to discipling, how humble we are to getting input from the Word of God, is exactly where we're at in our relationship with God. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So these people are angry and bitter because they do not agree with God's decision to not allow them to be part of the feast. They still do not see their sin, their arrogance, and their pride. 
But another reason they gnashed their teeth is because of great anguish. Great anguish because of a total and complete separation from God. And a total and complete rest, uh, separation from God entails restlessness, anxiety. Have you ever felt restless? Yeah, I was feeling pretty restless waiting in that line yesterday, waiting in the queue. Checking my, oh my goodness, four more hours. It's three and a half more hours. Three hours and 50 minutes. You know, time is good, not go quick enough. So anguish and restlessness because of complete separation from God. And third, pain. Pain. Whatever kind of pain it is, pain. But they're also weeping. Why are they weeping? Because while they are, they are bitter against God for not permitting them to be part of this incredibly awesome feast, they are at the same time incredibly sad that they are missing out. And so they're weeping because they know that, man, it would be so awesome to be there, but yet, they're not allowed to be there because of the decisions and choices they made during their life. It's interesting because Jesus says that those who want to be there but cannot be there, they're thrown out where? Into the darkness. If we want to be in God's light at the end of the age, that will only happen if we decide to be in the light now. It will only happen if we decide to be in the light now. You know, one of uh, we all have weaknesses, don't we? Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. Now, Jermaine's strength may be my weakness. My strength may be Hilder's weakness. We all have weaknesses and we have strengths. And it's quite interesting because Marie and I are actually complete opposites. You were like, duh, we could see that the first time we met you. But yeah. I don't mean height. I mean, also, also in character. Really, the one thing that we have in common is that we love God. Yeah. Yeah. You know? But she has a lot of strengths that are completely my weaknesses. And that's why God said, I know, Michael, you said when you were young, you would never ever marry a Spanish-speaking person, but guess what? I'm in control, you're not. You're going to marry a little Latina woman from the Dominican Republic. My, one of my weaknesses, one of my great weaknesses that has been with me all my life is I get anxious very easily. I get anxious very quick. And there have been times when I've asked myself, why can't I just be like so-and-so? Mm. Can you relate? Yeah. Yeah. We've all done it. Yeah. You know, we've all thought of one way or another. You know, if you love food, it's like, man, why can't I just play like Messi? <laughs> no financial problems. Life is cranking. Everyone loves me. I'm with TV all the time. 
you know, if you're someone who's an aspiring artist, you'd be like, man, why can't I just sing like Beyonce? Beyonce. <laughs> why can't I just sing like Mariah Carey? Well, why can't I just do that? And man, if I just had that life, be so incredibly awesome. But here's the thing we understand. For every time we ask ourselves, why can't I just be like that person? That person may be looking at you and be like, man, why can't I just be like Denise? That's true. You know, Messi may be going, Jermaine may be going, man, I wish I could play like Messi. Messi may be going, man, I wish I was taught like Jermaine. That's true. Every one of us have weaknesses. Mm -hmm. And here's the thing that we have to understand. We need those weaknesses. Because yeah. yeah. they will help us to see that we need God yeah. to rely on. Man, and you know, if, you, may, you probably grew up watching Superman. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's impossible to be like Superman and to be a loving, caring guy who has compassion on people. Because if you're like Superman, you're just going to become arrogant, conceited, prideful, entitled, and you're going to think like, yeah, I'm not going to protect the world, I'm going to rule the world. <laughs> we need weaknesses. We need weaknesses. It was, I was very sad a few days ago, I was on Facebook, and I saw something that a relative of mine posted. And the person posted herself watching TV and doing something and then she said and with my chill pill in other words medication to calm you down medication to make you feel at peace and, and I know her I know her I, I know that I am convinced it does not have to be Last night, I was speaking to the guy that invited me to church. Wow. He's in the States. Uh, he became a disciple before I did. We were acquaintances before he became a disciple. And actually, I was together with him when some brothers shared their faith with him. We were playing pool at the university in the dormitory. And these guys came over, and I knew that those guys, I knew they were religious. I could see it. And I knew that they were, you know, you know how it is when you look to share a faith with someone, but you're kind of like, so how do I do it? You're kind of wondering, and you know, how do I do it? Are you trying to muster up the boldness to make it happen? And so you walk some circles, you pretend to be looking at something, but you're really just not at all. You just want to share with them, but you just haven't had the courage yet. And, and so, and so I, I knew those guys, man. I knew they were like prowling, prowling lions, you know, gathering that strategy to devour us. And I was ticked off. I was like, I don't want those guys to share with me. I was like, I ain't gonna change my life. I was like a true Terminator. I'm not gonna change my life. I ain't gonna become religious. I'm, those guys should stay away from me. And they came, and they didn't dare speak to me because I made sure they knew they do not talk to me. <laughs> And they obeyed. They did not. But they spoke to my, my friend. And then I got ticked off at my friend. 
I said, why in the world are you listening to this? Guy? Don't you know they want to convert you? <laughs> he spoke to them for 10, 15 minutes. And I had forgotten about that. Months later, he invites me to church. <laughs> I was the first guy he shared his faith with. And so he told me, you know, so he was pretty scared inviting me to church. <laughs> yeah. But but he did. <laughs> he did. And and I went. It was a campus devo. Yeah. Now the only problem was he didn't tell me it was campus devo. <laughs> he told me it was something else. He said, yeah, we get together as students and you know we 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 discuss a lot of things. We discuss uh, Global warming and politics <laughs> and the economy. Yeah, we talk about religion, and he did put a lot of emphasis on religion. And you know, yeah, we we may we may sing some songs. So I was like, well, what do I have to do tonight? Nothing. Okay, let me just go with him. And I walk into this den full of sheep. A bunch of Christians were there and they started singing. I was like, what in the world is this? I was like, I can't believe I am in the middle of these people. And the guy was preaching while I was lusting after his wife. And feeling super uncomfortable. Because see, if you don't submit to God and the word is preached, you feel uncomfortable. Are you with me? Yeah. And I was like, I got to get out of here. And But it was like a 40-minute walk from my dormitory to get to that place. And I was so uncomfortable, I was ready to leave. But then I saw this long table, like a banquet, full of food. <laughs> and I said to myself... I'm not going to miss out on this banquet. I have come this far. I'm going to stay for the food. So, yes, yeah, so the way God got to my heart was through my stomach. And months, I don't know how many months, but many months later of running away and coming back and Liking the people and not liking the people and loving them and hating them all at the same time. One brother just laid me out. And I repented and got baptized four days later. But uh, I was talking to him last night because we got in touch again a few months ago. And he shared something that, that amazed me quite a bit. He is trying to get back to God. He's trying to get back to God. And he told me he's on medication. He said, yeah, and you know, I've heard of ADHD. Is that correct? Yeah. But he was on medication for an abbreviation that was even longer. It was ADHD, CB, I don't know what it was. I was like, when he first said, why in the world are you thinking, I know you. You never struggled with this. And I said, I said, Bill, but that's not your issue. He said, oh no, yes, yes it is. Because I said goals and, and I said ambitions and I 
I set lofty goals and I really want to push myself and go for it, but I don't make it and then I get frustrated and I can concentrate. And I was like, wow, that sounds exactly like me in the past. In the past. And I shared, I said, you know, you know what the problem is, Bill? It's not that you have attention deficit, frustration, anxiety disorder, whatever it's called. The problem is that peace, tranquility only come from God. It only truly comes from God. Now, there are definitely situations where uh, people need it. Yeah. Absolutely. So that's not the issue here. But it's become such a popular thing now that where the solution is repentance, it becomes medication. And so people have been medicating themselves for centuries through alcohol, through cigarettes, through many, many ways, or, or money, whatever the case is. But I realized for myself, I set goals for myself, secular goals, and it's not wrong to set secular goals we need to, but the problem is if those are your God. If those are more important than your relationship and your passion for God, and you set them, you go after them, and then you get discouraged, and you get upset, and you get frustrated, the peace of God is not with you. Because you're building your own power of Babel. Or Babel, how do you pronounce it? Babel. And so I shared it with him, and I shared it from my own life. And he says, you know what? You're right. You're right. Um, these people here that are thrown out in the darkness, they are restless because of this deep, complete absence of God. See, when we are feeling restless, anyone ever feel restless? Okay, don't lie, raise your hand. Right? When we're feeling anxious, Oh, well, yeah, I don't even have to ask race for you know. We know you're in the club. <laughs> it's God telling us, rely on me. Come to me. Because in Matthew 11, Jesus said, come to me, all you are weary and burdened. For my yoke is light or easy. The yoke of the world is heavy. Mm -hmm. It's very heavy. So, man, I thank God for discipling me. I had, Maria and I, we had discipling with Michael and Michelle last week, and mm -hmm. I was very open about some decisions I had made, which actually went against what Maria had told me, what Michael had advised me for many months. But you know, the thing is, if, if you have an idol, you don't even realize it's an idol. If you're not being godly, you don't even realize you're being godly. Why? Because the Bible says the heart is deceitful of all things. Who in the world can understand it? Mm -hmm. Only God, not yeah. us. And so we, we, we justify our decisions, and we had quite a toasty disciple time on that Tuesday, and I totally needed it. And then I started praying. I said, God, 
I, I just got tired of being idolatrous. Now, how was I idolatrous? It had to do with career and work. I insisted I want to start my own thing, my own company, instead of just dedicating myself to looking for a full-time job. And I just, okay, I'm tired of this. And so I prayed the real scary prayer. I said, God, tear my heart apart. Rip my heart apart. Expose everything. And you know, I've prayed, I've never prayed that prayer before, but I've prayed before God exposed my pride. And God, I remember one time I was on my way to Digo and said, God exposed my pride. And at Digo, my pride was exposed. Somehow, God loves to answer when I pray, God exposed my heart. Because, oh, yeah, absolutely. It's there. And so I was like, I mean, I was quite scared. But I said, okay, I gotta make a decision. It's not about what people think. Are you with me? Mm -hmm. Come on, bro. It's not about what people think. Yeah. Yeah. It's not about the position. It's not about the image. Thank you. It's about my relationship with God. Mm -hmm. And so I prayed that, and then I remembered some more things the following day, and I shared that with Maria. It was two days later, I don't remember. And I said, Michael, we need to talk. I have some sin, I have some wickedness, we need to speak about it. I confessed it to Michael. And I was, I was, I was like, man, this is the moment my heart is going to be torn apart, ripped apart, shred apart. This is it. I am like toast. But I said, I just, I have to do this. Because it has to do with my eternal destiny. I want to be at the feast with Abraham and Jacob and Isaac. <laughs> So, Michael called me back, said, hey, bro, what's up? I told him, and he encouraged me. You know, sometimes you just feel like down and under, more down and under than Australia, and you just feel like this is it, and then you get encouraged and get lifted up. Sometimes you feel pretty good. And you get torn down, and you're like Nebuchadnezzar, you know, you forget to shave, and your hair goes long, and you got you got mold and dew on you the whole year around, and seven years later, you're restored to your sanity. <laughs> and then at, at Friday devotional, when I was still quite impacted by the disciple, but in a good way, you know, when you get discipled strongly because you need it, you feel free. You feel free. You feel free because... You know, you, you stop fighting God. Mm. You know, God is hard to beat. Mm. You fight someone stronger, more skilled than you, it's frustrating, it's tiring. And then all of a sudden, Friday night, Michael gives this compliment that I don't know where it came from. I was just like, am I having a vision? Is this like a dream? Or did, did he just really say that? But see, we gotta, we gotta make sure we're ready to meet God. Yeah. Right? And it's not about what, what I think. It's not about what Maria thinks. Yeah. It's not even what Ola Kukoya thinks. Ola, I don't care about Ola. He's a cool guy. He dresses nice. His wife dresses awesome. But believe me, they're not going to help you in judgment day. They'll be worried about themselves. Ola will be worried about getting in himself. He don't have time to work to focus and shepherd you. He's gonna have to shepherd himself, but no one else. <laughs>
This one I'm going to push out of the way so you can get in. Like a Adidas store. But, but God, you got to understand, God really loves us. God really loves you. And, and he's trying to purge your heart and my heart of idols. That a lot of times we're not even aware they are there. But God sees them. So he uses people to, to rid us of those things. But just like the fast, if you've been eating sugar all your life, and all of us have, and you've been used to KFC and McDonald's and Burger King and all that Woo! stuff, and now the fast comes in, you're going to be feeling some withdrawal symptoms. You're going to be like, I think McDonald's is healthy. Because now I'm not, I'm not eating McDonald's and I feel worse. I need to go back to my milkshakes and Big Macs and water pounders and nuggets and chips and everything. I need my Coca-Cola. But if you persevere, a few days later, you feel awesome. You feel a lot better, man. You know, I, I, some of you guys, I see you guys just like kind of shrinking away. Yeah. <laughs> I, I see myself shrinking away. You, you may be actually recognizing muscles you forgot you actually had. So I'm like, I had muscles, I can't believe it. It's been so long since I've seen it. Oh, I have toes. Oh my goodness. I haven't seen you in decades. But see, you, you, you gotta persevere. You got to push through, and God always comes through. If you're there, ain't not a disciple yet. You gotta take it to heart. That's right, man. Don't don't be like me. You know, there's no food here. Don't be like me. The first time I went, and I'm doing all kinds of wicked things, and I stay for the food. You know, the banquet will come and the food is awesome there. Yes. But the side to study the Bible. How will judgment day be? It's very interesting. Let's go to Matthew chapter 12. Because you're going to learn something today that uh, I believe to be true from the scriptures. And I'll show you that may actually amaze you quite a bit. I hope it is. So Matthew chapter 12, verse 41. Jesus says, The men of Nineveh will stand up at judgment with this generation and condemn it. For they repented at the preaching of Jonah, and now one greater than Jonah is here. The queen of the south will rise at the judgment with this generation and condemn it. For she came from the ends of the earth to listen to Solomon's wisdom, and now one greater than Solomon is here. So on Judgment Day, God is going to even take us if we are not wholeheartedly committed to God in our repentance. And he's going to say, look at the man of Nineveh. Who is Nineveh? capital of the Assyrian Empire, or the Assyrians, they were some of the cruelest, cold, most cold-hearted warriors the world has ever seen. If you read history, 
they make ISIS look like the Boy Scouts. One of their kings, Ashwin Narsipal, who ruled from, 80, uh, from 80, 884 to 859 BC, he erected a pillar in his palace. Inside of it, it was hollow. Why? On the inside, he would throw the heads of the people he conquered in war and decapitated. Mm. Their leaders. Those heads would be thrown inside. On the outside of the pillar, he plastered the skin of the, of the leaders of the people he conquered. They were flayed alive. So that pillar on the outside will be full of skin of those people. Those were the Assyrians. Yeah. Now imagine how wicked and cold-hearted those people were. Now imagine being Jonah and God says, That's hell. Go to Nineveh, preach the words. I'll go. <laughs> Talk about being intimidated. <laughs> but yet Jonah, and, and I believe, man, Jonah was an amazing man. We always kind of look down on him, but the guy was incredible. Yeah. Because why did he not go? Because he had too much faith. Yeah. He knew that if he preached, the people would repent. And they would not be destroyed by God. And he was aware of all the wickedness and the evil. And he's like, I don't want these people to be safe. He was not willing to forgive. And so he ran from God. God said, okay, fish, swallow him. He said, okay, bad idea. I'm going to preach God. Amen. Thank God. It's not his fish inside. He went out. He preached. And everyone repented. And he got kicked off because God didn't destroy him. Mm. He waited in the desert and said, well, maybe there's a few that haven't repented. Maybe still will get destroyed anyway. You know, we hope you get baptized. He was hoping people would fall away. Yeah. But God says, those people at Nineveh, if we do not repent, we don't hear the word of God and we don't repent. God will say, and we come up with excuses, right? We have all kinds of excuses. For years, and you can ask Maria, for years I was like, I cannot change because this is my DNA. <laughs> These are my chromosomes. This is how I am programmed. This is genetics. I cannot change. I always brought Maria to tears. And I was saying this at the time when Denise got baptized. But don't worry, I know I baptized you, but you're still still forgiven because your faith is in God, right? <laughs> but... We come up with excuses. Well, I can't do this because of my upbringing. Well, I'm not able to reach that level because of my character, because of my education, because of my skin color, because of my height, my shortness, whatever the case, my speech, a whole lot of things. God will say, you know what, guys, son, daughter, check out Nineveh. They repented. What excuse did you? 
So on Judgment Day, there's going to be like, believe it or not, we are going to be compared to one another. Yeah. So I want everyone now to look to the person sitting next to you. Have a look. Now look to the person sitting on the other side. You better be nice to that person because you may be judged by him or her. On Judgment Day. You're going to be on me. You better be nice. Don't be saying, well, Chris Sayers. <laughs> You say, what? <laughs> what? What? Well, look at Christine. Mm. Is she overcame. Mm. What excuse do you have? Mm. See, we got to be nice to each other. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But there's a few more scriptures to back this up. Are you ready? Yeah. That's, it's, it gets even more intense than this. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. You know, the Corinthians, they were doing terrible, right? Mm. I mean, they were terrible. They were like taking each other to court. <laughs> One guy was sleeping with his mother-in-law, and people were like, oh, man, this guy is awesome. He became like the star of the church, or stepmom. I mean, they were like, they were doing terrible. Yeah. But God is always going to talk. Even in terrible situations, God will bring out good. And because they were doing so bad, we can now read 1 Corinthians chapter 6. I'm going to be reading there, verse 1 through 3. Some more about, the, about judgment. If any of you has a dispute with another, dare he take it before the ungodly for judgment instead of before the saints? So, you know, Owen and I have a problem with our guests in court, bro. <laughs> I love you, but now we're going to head do business. Not good. Do you not know that the saints will judge the world? And if you are to judge the world, are you not competent to judge trivial cases? Do you not know that we will judge angels? Oh, when I ask them, oh, how is in the world is this possible? How much more the things of this life? So it says we will judge the world. How will that happen? Well, I believe in the same way that Jesus said that the people in Nineveh repented would judge the Jews who never repented. They never had the word of God, never had access to anything. But yet when the first prophet came in, they repented and sacrificed the ashes. How will those who are faithful to God judge the world? Because the world will make all kinds of excuses. But God, there was no evidence. But God this, and God that, and God you understand. And he's going to say, but look at Denzel. Exactly what you said. But he repented. You want an even more incredible example? Well, I'm not going to give you anything more incredible than Michael Ochoa. Look at what he used to be. But he repented. Someone is going to say, yeah, but this is me. He's going to say, yes. Have you seen my servant Clint? He stayed faithful to the end. Yeah, but God, I grew up so religiously and so much false teaching and 
It was like a God, you don't know, it's a jungle out there. There's no way I could find my way to the narrow path. And he's going to say, but have you met John? Yeah. <laughs> Who used to be religious. Then became a Muslim. Started translating the Quran. Then became what he thought was a Christian. But yet, when he studied the Bible, he was humble to the truth and became a sold-out, baptized disciple. What is your excuse? Oh, yes, but you don't understand. You know, I moved to England and, man, you know, my family and it was just really hard and you know my character, God, you know how you created me, right? <laughs> so, how can I be like that and still be expected to share my faith boldly? And he's going to say, just a minute, be addressed. Can you hear a minute? Can you come over here? <laughs> she did it. What excuse do you have? Right? So, I do believe from the scriptures, that's how judgment will be. And then, judge angels. Whoa. Uh, I, I don't know exactly how that's going to happen, but I imagine it'll be something similar. You see those guys down there? With all their weaknesses, with all the imperfections, with all the stuff that goes on in the world, they overcame. What excuse do you have, angel? It's powerful. Yeah. It is sobering, but at the same time, it's inspiring. Yeah. See, we have to have a godly perspective on, on our struggles in life. First Corinthians chapter 11 now. Let's see what this says. And I'm, I'm taking a little bit longer today, but I hope it's okay. okay. Yeah. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 32. When we are judged by the Lord, we are being disciplined so that we will not be condemned with the world. Here's what we have to understand. Judgment is not only a judgment that we are being judged as we are sitting here and I'm standing here at this very moment. God is always judging our hearts. God is always judging our motives. He's always judging our excuses. He's always judging our courage. And he sees our weaknesses and he will discipline us for those even if they were, even if they were inborn, I was born this way. He will discipline us so we can repent and overcome. And that we will not be condemned on judgment. You get that? Yeah. So God will put us in situations. God will allow things to happen. There are opportunities for us to fight and to overcome and to change so that on Judgment Day, 
We will not be condemned, but we will be saved forever. So if you ever thought, man, this is too hard, why don't I just give up? As Tracy, Tracy vulnerably shared, and if I've felt, and we've all felt, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. Do not give up. God is preparing you for eternal life. Let's go to Luke chapter 20. We always have to keep things in perspective. You know, we all, we all affect one another. I realized that two days ago, Friday, I was talking to Maria, I said something, she said, oh my days. I said, where in the world did that come from? I never heard you say, oh my days. But then I realized, Javeline, Chris. Kiara, oh my days. Oh my days. I think, I think Chris is being converted from sweet. Oh my days. Man, oh my days. This is a disciple, Chris. I've had so much sweetness in my life, I'm afraid I'm going to become a diabetic. But we, we affect one. You know, we need each other. We need each other to grow. We need each other to overcome. You know, we are family. Yeah. And family care. Even when you have to change the dirty diapers, family still cares. Man, I love Kiara. She was born. She was good. I didn't know about these diapers. Oh, my goodness. I, I, just, I, just, I, I don't know about this anymore. No, that's not how we are as family. You know, we love each other. We are here to fight for each other so we can make it to heaven. Now, Luke chapter 20, verse 35, and uh, we're coming in for a close here. Luke 20, 35, it says, But those who are considered worthy of taking part in that age and in the resurrection from the dead will neither marry nor be given in marriage. So, Jesus is answering a question posed by the Sadducees, a trick question. But what we're going to focus on, it says, those who are considered worthy. See, and that's why I get sad, but also ticked off for your people preaching, just believe. Just say a prayer, and you're saved. God understands. And they may say it with what seems to be a lot of love, a lot of compassion, but the Bible says there are wolves that have the appearance of sheep. Right? We're going to be counted worthy. Now, who's going to be counted worthy if they're only there with the good times when the things get hard, they, they jump sheep? Right? It doesn't happen. You're in there, Good or bad, we are there as family to the end. We got to be kind of worthy, guys. Matthew chapter 20. Last verse. 
for today. Now this is actually, people think judgment, oh Lord, all my days, judgment is coming. But judgment can also be an incredibly uplifting, surprising day for us. Where we're like, man, I, wow, surprised, man, I, than I thought. Right? How do we know? Well, Matthew chapter 20, we are here, and we're going to read verse 23. So what happens here? Um, John and James basically lay your request before Jesus. We want to sit at your right hand and your left hand. Yeah. Everyone else gets ticked off because there's only two hands, and, you know, <laughs> if those occupied, why where does it leave them? Nowhere. Right? So, Sometimes someone's sin exposes your own sin, mm -hmm. even if your reaction appears righteous. Yeah. We've all been there. Yeah. But look at what Jesus says in verse 23. First he says, hey, can you drink a cup of water to drink? They say, absolutely. He says, yes, you will drink it. But then he says, you will indeed drink from my cup, but to sit at my right or left is not for me to grant. These places belong to those for whom they have been prepared by my Father. So the lesson here is, just because you are an apostle, and I, you're not, they don't exist anymore, but the lesson to them, just because you are an apostle, and you're in the limelight, and you're there with Jesus all the time, or just because you are an evangelist, or just because you are a shepherd, or just because you've led nations and done great things doesn't mean that the prime real estate is reserved for you. You may have to get a house at the bottom of the hill and the best view is reserved for someone that no one actually ever thought about. Maybe it's for the guy who doesn't have the gift of great public speech. Maybe it's the guy in the side somewhere that no one knows, will never hear about. But yet, he overcame, or she overcame, he or she persevered, and the one talent that the person had, he or she maximized it with all of her or his And maybe that's the person in heaven who's going to be the star rather than the person who's preaching. We don't know. It's not about how many abilities we have. It's how we use them. Right? That's where we got to stop saying, I wish I could, I could speak like so-and-so. I wish I could have insight like so-and-so. I wish I could be uh, as intelligent as so-and-so. I wish my situation could be like so-and-so. Because after all, who did Jesus say gave a cranking contribution? The poor widow. Who was noticed by no one except Jesus. Well, how would you like that to be you? It can be, and I'm not saying 
Oh, Michael says all the good places in heaven are reserved for the East. Don't don't go telling Michael Williams. <laughs> I didn't say this. <laughs> but what I'm saying is, all of us can be heroes. All of us can be in the Hall of Fame in heaven. It doesn't depend on your intelligence. It doesn't depend on your speaking ability. It doesn't depend on all the secular things that people look up to and admire. It depends on the heart yeah. and how you use what God has given you. So, on that day, what will your destiny, what will my destiny be like? All I know is that I am here in the kingdom of God. This is the most awesome place anyone can be in the world. Yeah. Yes, you get dashed and slashed and convicted and feel like, oh, who am I? And all kinds of stuff. But I tell you, man, this is the place to be. Amen. That's why when Jesus turned to the apostles, says, do you want to leave me too? Peter got it. Peter got it. And if you get the same answer, that's because you've got it. Lord, or if it was today, oh my days. <laughs> Where do we have to go? There's nowhere else. So guys, get ready for that day. Just reminding us of that day, you know. We would like to thank you for listening to that episode of the podcast. If you would like video versions of these episodes, whether it's sermon highlights or interviews, feel free to check us out on our website or view them on our YouTube channel. That's londonchurch.org.uk. That's L O N D O N C H U R C H. Dot org dot uk and for all other updates and information whether it's services events or devotionals you can find all that on our website also once again we'd like to thank you for listening and we'll catch you on the next one mm -hmm.